everybody. We're deeply sorry that there was a little delay with our new podcast. This time, we'd like to have a closer look at a very controversially discussed topic, treatment of Liz Frank injuries. Therefore, we picked the following systematic reviews. Athrodesis or open reduction internal fixation for Liz Frank injuries in meta-analysis by Levy and colleagues published in Foot and Ankle Specialists. And the other pick is entitled Liz Frank Fixation Techniques and Postoperative Functional Outcomes, a systematic review by Philpott and colleagues published in the Journal of Foot and Ankle Surgery. We hope you will find the following paper picks interesting. As always, you can find this podcast on all common platforms and feel free to join us at Foosbrew LMU. Prior to presenting the papers chosen, we would like to take a minute to discuss Lisfranc injuries and their treatment. To us, they have been a constant hot topic for the last couple of years. Therefore, I am pretty excited that we will have a closer look at them in our podcast. At a first glance, most authors seem to discuss joint-sparing approaches versus primary fusion. But this might just scratch the surface. Whenever we look at original papers, systematic reviews or meta-analysis, we need to clearly define what exactly we are talking about. To us, the two most predominant questions with respect to list for injuries are first, which exact injuries have been included, and second, what was the exact treatment strategy applied. Let's spend a minute on discussing these two important aspects. First, what is actually meant by a Lisfranc injury? The term summarizes a broad spectrum of injuries, ranging from grossly displaced fractures to only subtile instabilities. Interestingly, we are not aware of any classification accounting for these very different injuries. The Myerson classification, an adaption of the Kunu and Kuss classification, is most often used for severely displaced fractures within the Lisfranc joint line. Nunli and Vertulo, on the other hand, published a separate classification for subtle injuries. Therefore, before we start to think about comparing various treatment approaches, we must first define which injuries we are actually talking about. Second, the treatment strategy. Let's start with arthrodesis. Their predominant aim is to achieve fusion, but it still might make a difference whether screws are used or, for example, locking plates in terms of fusion rates and time to fusion. More complex are joint sparing approaches. They all aim at preserving the joint line. One prerequisite for the approach is anatomical reduction of the joint line. Studies were able to show that this can better be achieved by open compared to closed means. Next, it seems reasonable that a joint-preserving approach should try to not further damage the cartilage. Temporary internal fixation devices comprise of K-wires, screws and bridging plates. K-wires and screws are placed through the already damaged joint lines. Although screws provide a higher degree of primary stability than K-wires, both do additionally damage the cartilage. This might negatively affect the risk of secondary osteoarthritis. Bridging plates are currently the newest trend. They provide a primary stability comparable to screws, but with the advantage of not further damaging the cartilage. Still, the surgical approach 
for the initial implantation as well as for implant removal is considerably larger than those for K-wires or screws. Therefore we believe that the choice of fixation has to be respected in any sort of systematic review or meta-analysis. We picked two recent systematic reviews for further discussion. As outlined above, we must not only pay attention to the general methodology applied, did they follow the PRISMA and the PICOS guidelines, did they register their trial, but we also have to have a closer look at the fractures included and the treatment approaches used to compare open reduction and internal fixation to arthrodesis. At least, that was the plan. The first study we would like to have a look at is entitled Arthrodesis or Open Reduction Internal Fixation for Less Frank Injuries, a meta-analysis by Levy and colleagues published in Foot and Ankle Specialist. Levy et al. performed a literature search in PubMed using the keywords Liss Frank Fracture or Metatarsal Fracture. This resulted in 1,706 articles which were filtered using the terms ORIF, open reduction internal fixation, arthrodesis, and fusion. The resulting 138 articles were then screened. They included clinical comparison studies, retrospective clinical case series, and random clinical trials focusing on the outcome of Lisfranc fractures treated with either ORIF and or fusion. Although not stated in the text, but according to their selection flowchart, figure 1, they might have only included studies reporting either the AOFAS or VAS score and complications. Studies prior to the year 1997 and published in languages other than English were excluded. This resulted in 20 eligible articles and two translations of Chinese abstracts. Although termed a meta-analysis, they apparently conducted a pooled analysis using student's t-test and chi-square test where appropriate. 19 studies with a total of 521 patients compared ORIF to arthrodesis per the AOFAS score. The majority of patients, 86%, were treated by ORIF. The final follow-up periods were 34 and 26 months respectively. ORIF resulted in a mean AOFAS score of 79 plus minus 5 points. Arthrodesis in a score of 85 plus minus 6 points, which reached the chosen level of significance P equals 0.03. Nine studies with a total of 300 patients used the VAS score to compare ORIF to arthrodesis. Again, the majority of patients, 81%, were treated by ORIF. The final follow-up periods were both about 30 months. The authors found no significant difference between the two groups. The complication rate, rate of revision surgery, and rate of secondary arthrodesis were analyzed based on 17 studies with a total of 462 patients. Again, about 80% of the patients were treated by ORIF. The follow-ups were 34 and 27 months respectively. According to the authors, complications occurred significant, P equals 0.04, more often in the ORIF group with no group differences for revision surgery or secondary arthrodesis. 
The authors concluded that arthrodesis apparently does result in a significantly higher AOFAS score than OREF and thus decreased the risk of complications. As outlined, we intended to analyze the presented papers per the general methodology used, as well as the different fracture types and treatment strategies. If you have listened to some of our previous podcasts, you will know that we are sometimes a little overcritical. And we know that the highest standards cannot always be met, or maybe must not always be met. But certain standards must be adhered to. The methodology applied herein does not meet the basic standards for a systematic review, and even less so far for a meta-analysis. They did not follow the PRISMA guidelines. They had neither a solid search strategy, nor did they search the common databases, and maybe most pronounced, they did not follow the PICOS recommendations. Therefore, we neither can be sure whether they identified all eligible studies, but even worse, we do not know what the actual eligibility criteria were. Then, the authors lumped all those studies together, pooled them, and analyzed them using basic statistics. Based on these, they concluded that arthrodesis may be a better option for the treatment of Lisfranc joint injuries than open reduction and internal fixation. Without even looking at the more delicate considerations, such as injury patterns included and surgical techniques applied in the individual studies, it becomes apparent that the study does not allow to draw any conclusion. I am sorry that I talked myself into a frenzy, but we are sure that the authors spend a considerable amount of time on this paper. If they had followed common principle guidelines, they could have made a considerable contribution. On the other hand, if systematic reviews do not meet basic quality criteria, they lead to contradicting and confusing recommendations. Thanks, Hans, for those honest words. And I fully agree that we have to meet certain standards, otherwise it just gets more and more confusing. Let's have a look at the second paper. The second paper we chose for this episode for ankle surgery update is entitled Lisfranc Fixation Techniques and Postoperative Functional Outcome, a Systematic Review by Phil Pott and colleagues, published in the Journal of Foot and Ankle Surgery. Thanks, Sebastian. The second article focused on the different fixation techniques for open reduction and internal fixation. The question asked was, does the fixation method for open reduction and internal fixation have an impact on the postoperative functional outcomes in acute Lisfranc injuries. This research question is of great importance as the different techniques of fixation following ORF, namely transarticular K-wires, screws and bridging plates, have different advantages and disadvantages. Current biomechanical studies suggested equivalent stability of transarticular screws and bridging plate constructs, while bridging plating has the theoretical advantage of less iatrogenic chondral damage and reduced risk of intraarticular metal wear in the event of hardware failure. Iatrogenic chondral damage may contribute to post-traumatic osteoarthritis, which has been associated with poorer functional outcomes. In contrast, transarticular screws are cheaper and the less extensive soft tissue stripping required may result in fewer soft tissue complications. The authors conducted a systematic review, including only studies reporting the functional results following open reduction and internal fixation for acute Lisfranc injuries. 
Furthermore, studies must clearly describe the surgical technique used. Medline, Embase and the Cochrane database were searched and the quality of the studies included was rated using the Robbins tool. Next to patient characteristics, the study inclusion and exclusion criteria, as well as the surgical technique and outcomes, the follow-up and the functional outcome scores, and whenever possible, injury characteristics, namely the mechanism, the soft tissue integrity, and the Myerson-Hardcastle classification were recorded. Studies reporting outcomes of numerous fixation methods were divided into fixation subcohorts. 17 studies with 20 subcohorts, with a total of 462 patients were included. Out of these, three were randomized controlled trials, while 14 were retrospective cohort studies. The mean patient age was 30 years, ranging from 15 to 81. The mean follow-up was 39 months, with a range from 11 to 286 months. The American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons Midford score, the AOFASMF, was the most frequently reported functional outcome in 16 out of the 20 subcohorts. Overall, weighted mean AOFAS was 76 points plus minus 9 for all cases, with 74 points plus minus 9 for transarticular screws compared to 79 points plus minus 8 for bridging plates. For two studies comparing bridge plating with transarticular screw fixation, a meta-analysis was conducted using a random effects model. The meta-analysis of these revealed significantly higher postoperative AOFAS scores for the bridge plate fixation with a pool standardized mean difference of 0.5 with a 95% confidence interval of 0.6 to 0.9. The authors concluded that only few studies were available examining the impact of fixation method on postoperative functional outcomes in acute Lisfranc injuries. A small number of studies reported superior functional outcomes with the use of bridge plate fixation. Further evidence would be needed to ascertain which injuries are best managed with each fixation method or whether a specific fixation construct is universally superior. Let's hear what you think, Sebastian. Thanks, Hans. I think there's no doubt that the methodology of this study is in a different league to the one we presented before. But still, let's have a closer look at it and let's see whether there are any issues that still could be improved. Although the authors stated they followed the PRISMA guidelines, the only reference to these guidelines was that they used the corresponding flowchart. No statement regarding the PICOS criteria could be found no protocol was registered, etc. Next, next to comparative studies, the vast majority of studies included were retrospective, non-comparative cohort studies and case series. This is understandable, as the number of comparative studies is limited. Nevertheless, this limits the informative value of the study. One of the major shortcomings of this study is that the authors failed to clearly define the injuries included. As outlined previously, Lisfranc injuries can range from subtile instabilities to grossly displaced fractures. Furthermore, the injuries can be purely ligamentous or bony or a combination of both, all of which represent very different entities. Therefore, 
It is of paramount importance to clearly define the injuries included. If this does not take place, we end up comparing apples to oranges. Another very important aspect of studies is the follow-up period. This is of even higher importance in studies dealing with osteoarthritis as potential complication or primary outcome parameter in this case. If one assumes that bridging plates might reduce the rate of osteoarthritis compared to transarticular screws, at least a midterm follow-up period would be required. Furthermore, when comparing results, one must compare the results after the same period of time. In total, the follow-up period ranged from 11 months to 287 months, which is a considerable difference, isn't it? When looking at studies using screws, the mean follow-up period was 44 months, compared to 28 months for plates and 18 months for suture button systems. In the two comparative studies included in the meta-analysis, the follow-up periods of one study was 23 and 24 months. If this follow-up period is sufficient in order to see differences regarding osteoarthritis, is questionable. Which outcome parameters are assessed cannot be changed by the systematic review, but depends on the individual study. Unfortunately, the majority of studies in orthopedic surgery assess the AOFAS, which is considered not ideal nowadays. Furthermore, even if statistically significant differences are observed, this does not mean that they are of clinical relevance. In the studies, a difference of 5 points was observed. Okay, we don't know the MIC for the AOFAS midfoot score, but at least for the hindfoot score, I believe it's about 10 points. Therefore, it remains unclear whether 5 points in the AOFAS midfoot score actually does mean a clinical significant difference for the patients. Furthermore, it was interesting to observe that the AOFAS score varied greatly among studies from 57 points to 92 points. This again points to the heterogeneity of the injuries included. Taken together, the research question is of great importance. And although this study is systematically way better than the one we presented before, it does have some limitations. Most of those limitations we have outlined in our introductory section. We must pay attention to what we are actually looking at. We must pay attention to what studies we are comparing. And in this case, sometimes it's better to just focus on similar studies, such as RCTs, than lumping all studies together and trying to draw a conclusion out of these. Thanks, Sebastian. I think we both agree that systematic reviews are becoming increasingly popular. And they are a great tool to summarize the evidence currently available and ideally lead to evidence-based recommendations. But the recommendations produced by a systematic review strongly relies on the quality of the studies included. Furthermore, the, method, the methodological quality of the systematic review is of great importance. If the quality of the studies included is low and the methodological quality of the systematic review is weak, then the systematic review will not produce valuable information, but rather add confusion on the topic. This is the reason why we repeatedly have focused on systematic reviews and critically reviewed their quality. 
regarding this specific topic, even though the evidence available is very limited, we both favor the use of bridging plates over transarticular screws, as their advantages seem comprehensible. Primary arthrodesis we only perform in severely comminuted intraarticular fractures. Thanks, Hans, for this nice summary. I'm not sure whether we right now added more confusion or somewhat clarified the topic of Lisfranc injuries. But anyhow, thank you all very much for listening to this session of Anchor Surgery Update, Science Guiding Treatment. We hope you have somewhat enjoyed this as much as we did, and we hope you all will tune in next time. As always, you can find us on all common podcast platforms, and feel free to follow us at Foosbrew Element. Mm-hmm.